0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 362, entitled Inside WordPress with Writers Chevelis, URUX, Stack, and Community. It was published on Thursday, the 22nd of February, 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and a few bits of housekeeping just before we begin the podcast. The first thing to mention is our schedule page. If you're interested in finding out all of the different things that we're putting on each and every week, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. Over there, you're going to find a calendar, And each of the little days that you click on, the events that you click on, will enable you to add our events to your calendar at the appropriate time. Typically, we do a This Week in WordPress show, which is live on a Monday and released as a podcast on a Tuesday. We've also got the WP Builds podcast, which is what you're listening to now. We also have our This Week in WordPress show, UI UX show, and a bunch of other assorted webinars randomly distributed throughout the month. So yeah, go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule and add those events to your calendar. If you'd like to keep in touch with us, in other words, if you'd like us to email you when we have new content, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and fill in the one form field on the page there, and we will keep you posted when we produce new content. There's also our social networks, YouTube channel, all of that other stuff. The other thing to mention is our advertise page. If you're interested in getting your product or service out in front of a WordPress-specific audience, we can help you with that. Head to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise to find out more. The WP Builds Podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Once more, go.me forward slash WP builds. And sincere thanks go to GoDaddy Pro for their continuing support of the WP builds podcast. OK, what have we got for you today? Well, it's an interview episode with Writer Chevalis. Ritus has been on the podcast before. He is a great source of knowledge for all things WordPress. He's been in the space for absolutely ages, as you'll hear. He's worked with products like WP Bakery, Visual Composer, IndieStack, WP Raccoon. You'll find out more about those. But we have a really wide-ranging chat all about, well, the community, UI, UX, accessibility, the need for plugins to focus less on commercialization and perhaps more on community, there's absolutely loads in here. It's a really broad discussion, as I say, and I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today by Rytus Shevelis. How are you doing, Rytus? Hey, Nathan. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Did I get your surname right? Yes,
1: it's actually a rare case. and Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: uh,
1: <laughs> I'm <laughs> pleased you.
0: with that. Yeah, I give myself a sticker for that. Um, if you've been a listening to this podcast for a long, 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 long time, then you'll have heard Ritus' voice because he's been on in a in a number of different formats and uh, absolute pleasure having him back today. However, there's going to be a proportion of you who don't know who Ritus is, so let's do the introduction piece, give you uh, a minute or two to just say who you are, where you come from, what companies you have worked for and are working for and all the background of WordPress, basically. So over to you, just give us a, give us your biography, really. Oh, hey, um, well,
1: try to be short sure and, uh, yeah, I'm in WordPress for 10 years, almost, uh, we'll celebrate that on December 1st. Uh, and, uh, I've been working as a product manager, but also involved in user interface, user experience of, uh, Bakery page builder a visual composer, website builder, and also recently in IndieStack, which is managed WordPress hosting. Uh, my background comes from agency. Uh, before WordPress I worked as a UI UX designer at the local agency and also for international companies. And uh, the cool thing about WordPress and WP Bakery is that uh, basically I discovered the both uh, things at the same date. Uh, it was, uh, I was asked, Hey, do you want to get involved in WP Bakery and what would you improve? So I started to look more into WordPress and WP Bakery from that perspective. Okay. What's missing in, in the ecosystem. Uh, yeah, last 10 years, things uh, changed a lot. So a lot of things (laughs) happened basically in, in our community. But yeah. here I am still excited at, uh, about, the, about WordPress,
0: about community, about what I am doing. It's an amazing ecosystem to be in, really, isn't it? And I've been, I've been here for not quite as long as you, probably more like eight, maybe pushing nine years, something like that. And there's never been a period of time where it got stale. There's never a period of time where it was like, oh, well, it's the same this year as it was last year. It really is a, a constant state of flux which I suppose keeps us on our toes, but also means that you've got to try and keep up. Can we just totally segue, because we're going to talk about plugins during this podcast episode, primarily in your endeavors over at WP Raccoon. But before that, you mentioned IndieStack and you mentioned that that's a a, a managed WordPress hosting um, endeavor. But could you just tell us a little bit more about that? What what makes it managed WordPress hosting? What's the UVP, you know, the unique value proposition that they've got over there? Because I'm I'm curious. I, I haven't really touched on Indie Stack on this podcast. So can we just go there for a few minutes? Uh, yes, sure. So, uh, as we all know, there
1: are plenty of different hosting companies, uh, for WordPress specifically. But, uh, what, uh, what we discovered is that for an average user who is not that much into WordPress, WordPress community, maybe not that technical, uh, hosting can be a bit of a nightmare. And of course not everyone can afford developer or sometimes developer just uh, passes things over to the client and what we wanted basically to do is to make a hosting platform that is uh, super cool for developers have all the developer great features but at the same time offers user interface and simplicity that you know it these days is appreciated what for, by VIX users, by Squarespace users, because uh, uh, when we look on WordPress in general, it is a bit of technical still. For an average user, it is not that easy to get into WordPress because of different user interfaces and uh, basically as Forbes said, you need to know how to code or be a bit advanced to handle WordPress. So we want to fill that gap. We want to make sure that at least when it comes to hosting any person is able to configure their wordpress website uh, without uh, you know reading books about it
0: i got to say the um the, the if you go to uh, as you might imagine the the url is indystack.com so that's i n d y stack all as one word indystack.com there's uh there's some illustrations there well not illustrations there's some um photographs i guess of the the dashboard and it, it just looks really nice it just looks really professional and up to the minute which um which is it can't be said for certain other implementations you know every time I see cPanel these days I sort of scratch my head and think how does anybody how does anybody navigate that these days but but there you go I'm sure if you've got muscle memory there it's uh it's very easy to do but IndieStack's endeavor then is that you you basically it looks like on your pricing at least you you have an option to to set up one site and so presumably your your pitch is towards people as you said who are fairly inexperienced with WordPress at the minute uh, that's priced at 14 dollars 99 per month or, or $165, give or take a few cents per annum and that allows you to have one site um 10 gigabytes of storage which in all honesty if you step over that with one site you you're probably doing you're probably doing something wrong 10 gigabytes is a awful lot of data um And you offer support and malware scanning and backups and all of those kind of things. And then there's options for other agency things. So is the endeavor then really that if I was an inexperienced WordPress user, I come along, click a few buttons, pay my money, and I'm good to go. I've got a website. So in a way, it's like a SaaS experience, like a Wix or a Squarespace type experience, but WordPress is installed along along the way. Uh To some extent, yes, actually uh we of course, yeah,
1: you mentioned that uh the pricing represents uh more of an average business person who just wants to launch their website, but uh yeah, we also work with agencies that that create like, multiple sites, so for them, we have different packages available for their growth and so on uh what is interesting about Indistack, the two things. First, you can easily transfer website to your client. So client will will have the ownership while agency or developer will still have access. And for developers who are just starting to work with uh, clients, uh, with with WordPress maybe, Uh, we offer build for free option, which means you can create a site for free and even showcase that to your client, collaborate there. And then once the site is ready, you basically transfer it to the client and the client starts to pay for that. So for many developers, maybe for from developing countries, that's a, that's great money
0: saver. So you don't have to pay anything while you are developing. Wait, that that's, that is interesting. I don't think I've heard that before. That's fascinating. Okay. So if I'm a developer, okay. So let's say I've got an agency and I'm building WordPress websites for people what you're saying is that with IndieStack i could i could spend a year let's just pick a an extraordinarily large amount of time out of thin air i could spend a year developing that site at, on on my side of indie stack um i don't know if there's cost involved with that or whether that's a free service at that point and then i transfer it to the client who then takes control but i could still in theory have access to developing that so yeah that's really interesting
1: Yeah, exactly. Of course, we are now playing around with, uh, with the period. Um, talking to developers to understand what's the average period for development that is required. Because, of course, so we, we have costs on our side to, to support that. Uh, so we want to find the best, the best period for, for that development environment. But currently, yes, there are no
0: limits. so everyone is welcome. That's really interesting. And how do you differentiate between a live site and a development site? Is it that the URL is some, you know, pseudo, pseudo random string, uh, uh you know, so rather than it being example.com, it's X, Y, Z, three, two, one dot dot or something like that. And obviously it's, it's unusable to the client in that way. We, yeah, we, we do have a sub for, for Development
1: Got it. purposes and of course we add the uh, uh, hash just to make sure that the URL is unique uh, from the point of security. Maybe you don't want the site to be exposed, but uh, you can share that site with the client. So with
0: the link, the site is uh, accessible. Okay, that's really interesting. I, I love the premise of that. So obviously, you know, I made up a year. Maybe that's an exaggeration. But if you if you typically turn things around, let's say I don't know in a month or something like that then that's a really credible offering, isn't it? The idea that you could do that completely for free, demonstrate it all to your clients, get it all signed off, and then click some buttons in the UI and you're off. IndieStack is taking over. Sorry, I, I'm so fascinated by this. I'm going to keep talking about IndieStack. That's <laughs> Sorry. Um, one other thing I want to ask is where, I'm presuming it's a layer on top of some infrastructure, Some I don't know, maybe it's Google Cloud or Amazon AWS or Azure or something like that. It, is that the case or is it that you've got your own servers let's just talk about that for a minute where is this uh, infrastructure actually uh,
1: based yes so we are uh, using existing infrastructure right now it's uh, digital ocean kubernetes oh, nice. yeah yep. but we also now looking into google cloud uh, their their kubernetes offer so
0: things may change but of course only for good Okay, nice. Okay, well, that's absolutely fascinating. Well, thanks for that. So one one last time, IndieStack.com. Um, if you want to look at the pricing, it's forward slash pricing. And yeah, go check that out if that's piqued your interest. We're gonna talk about something else, and I'm gonna divert you to a, another different website. I'm gonna divert you to uh, one called WP Raccoon. Again, exactly as you'd imagine, W P Raccoon R A C O O N dot, dot Co. Not dot com, it's dot co and um you're going to find all sorts of articles and information but I, I confess i don't know too much about wp raccoon so that's going to be my first point of contact right? is this is this your endeavor is this a company endeavor what what is wp raccoon and and if it's yours what was the point in launching it um yes so the first thing
1: to mention it was 1c that's not a typo the the domain was actually taken uh, so i i had to figure something out
0: Oh, is uh, raccoon to tradition? Is it usually got two C's? Yeah, exactly, I didn't know that. Okay, that's good to point out. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my side project. Uh, at some point, uh, you
1: see, there, there are things you want to discuss, you want to investigate, research, and, and, and of course uh, share results with others. Uh, not everything could go under Visual Composer, WP Baker or IndieStack blog. Uh, it just doesn't fit there from the content perspective. So I decided why not to build a community on Facebook that uh, can discuss plugins, discuss business uh, around and inside WordPress. And of course, uh, based on that, uh, WP Raccoon was uh, made uh, to make sure that I have a platform where I can publish some of my researches regarding uh, seams and plugins, and during those ten years, uh, there are things that uh, are interesting to me that I am also able to share with with my audience.
0: Uh, I think that's a really smart move because I often think to myself about WP builds. I often think, uh, it wouldn't it be nice if we could stray outside of WordPress for a couple of episodes and talk about non-wordpressy things? But given the nature of what I've set up, I've kind of, I kind of strapped myself in there a bit, and I, I can't really do that because m- my audience is only WordPress, which is fine. I'm entirely happy with that, but it does mean that I'm, I'm limited in that sense, and, and also, you know, if you as a, as a person working for a variety of different companies, if you only ever produce that content um, on their platform, should you ever move on from that, move on from one company to another? Your content is, is sort of siloed over there. So I, I think that's a really smart move to set up something that's completely independent that you own. And and it's not to say that you will move away from any of those companies. It's just nice to have your own space where you can have your own thoughts and be your authentic self. So yeah, g- good idea from my point of view, I think. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, my thoughts sometimes can be controversial
1: and of course i I don't want to make anyone think that, uh, even if I'm thinking a bit differently, that that's the whole politics of of, of the company I am working for. Um, I have to some extent, uh, full uh, ability to share anything that comes
0: to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have to be, do you, uh, again, uh, sorry, I'm so <laughs> straying into some really unusual area. But do do you, given that you do have an indie stack hat and that you do have a WP Bakery and Visual Composer hat, do you have to, even on your own website, is there some intuition in your head which is saying, no, don't write that, you know, because even though I want to write that and that's my authentic thought, I probably will cause a bit of chaos and, and the, the fallout from that will be, you know, something something that I don't want to deal with.
1: Uh, of course yes, you, you you need to balance and and you need to think and uh, of course, when I'm thinking about the content, first of all, I'm thinking about the content that can contribute to one of the products uh, and if if there is okay, this is the content that uh, could not uh, uh, you know, help the goal, to reach the goals that we want uh, for one of the products, then is it the content that I'm still? Interested in, and I want to push it live. And then, of course, uh, I, the, there are things that uh, you may write about, or maybe you you would skip. That's
0: that's just how it works. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. You've got to be you've got to be careful. It doesn't matter where you are. You've got to be careful. So, WP Raccoon. Then, obviously, there's this website where you've got a load of articles, but also in the uh, in the main uh, navigation at the top, we we can click on the community link and the community takes us over to a Facebook group. Now, I, I I was once incredibly incredibly engaged with Facebook and for for my own reasons, I've sort of stepped away from that a little bit. Just, you know, there's just thoughts in my head which are not worth sharing. And I'm just wondering what do you feel about that? Do you are you happy to sort of silo your content within Facebook? Maybe you're not. Maybe there's no unique content going there. It's just links and a community. How do you feel about um yeah, Facebook as a whole, as a place to put your community, because there's probably a lot of people listening to this who would love to have a community, whether it's WordPress or not. How's that, how's that going? Well, to me, Facebook probably
1: was uh, always the main point of uh, communicating with, with my friends, uh, family and, and work related and also WordPress it's a community. Uh, of course, I'm registered on, on, on many social networks, uh, just name it, but uh, you just can't spend your time uh, everywhere. So what, uh, what I figured out that Facebook basically works for me well, uh, that's, that's the one point of, of truth where I can uh, basically work and, and spend my leisure time. Oh, as for others net, other networks, uh, it's, it's tricky. From time to time, I try different social networks, but uh, yeah, the main the main point is that it requires effort on on my side. And as as you mentioned, I'm sitting on several chairs: W P Bakery, Visual Composer, Indie Stack, uh, yeah, W P Raccoon, uh, of course, Family, and and uh, now recently I started to uh, give lectures at the local university.
0: Oh, because you weren't
1: busy enough, writers. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but Facebook just works, let it put me, let it put that way.
0: Yeah, it was just, I, I have no axe to grind particularly about Facebook. I, I just got a little bit, Um, I just found it was it was so compelling that I would sink so much time into Facebook and eventually some, you know, some realization dawned on me that I just thought, Boy, if I, if I spent even half the amount of time on Facebook doing other stuff that probably I ought to be doing, uh, then I'm significantly more productive. So it was my inability to restrain myself, uh, which was really the cause. So as I said, no axe to grind, but go to the community tab. If you're interested in ga- engaging with writers and the WP Raccoon community and you are a Facebook member, then you can go over there. But let's, let's turn our attention to, uh, to your history with WordPress in terms of plugins, because I want to point to a particular article that I noticed on your website about the thing that we all love—WordPress plugins—and uh, and all of the different pieces. So you've got a, a big backstory, ten years or thereabouts, dealing with WordPress, uh, and it seems like it's growing, 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 growing. The WordPress marketplace is over sixty thousand at the moment, plus goodness knows how many commercial plugins. Uh, what have you, what wisdom have you got for us in the, in the ecosystem of WordPress plugins?
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's a hard question. You have to think where to start. Uh, well, what I learned, uh, and that's probably the, the main thing. That if you have an idea for the plugin, just don't wait to polish the plugin. Once you create release it and talk to people, talk to community, ask for for feedback. Uh, maybe it will work, maybe it won't, but there is, just like with any startup, you don't have to wait for some special date uh, or wait when you think that the product, when your plugin is ready. Uh, the sooner you get it to the masses, uh, the better
0: yeah it's it's an interesting conundrum that isn't it? because I given what I now do, uh, I've become a target for email campaigns from people uh, with new plugins uh, because you know I, I have a podcast and pe- people would like to come on the podcast and share the plugin and it's quite interesting to me how how professional the WordPress plugin ecosystem has become and and so now uh, it's so you've said launch it you know build it launch it get on with it it kind of feels to me like nowadays you also have to not just launch it from the code side you also have to really think very carefully about the marketing of a plugin because i think that we're so exposed as wordpress users to slick incredibly beautiful websites with Very well thought out messaging and all of that, you know, a a fabulous logo, a fabulous website, copy which just speaks to me and explains my problem back to me and all of that kind of thing. So I I just wondered over the 10 years, if you've noticed that increasing professionalization, I don't even know if that's a word, but the, 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 the increasing professional nature of launching a plugin such that even if you've got an idea and you want to launch it, maybe you need to think about that piece as well.
1: Yeah, of course, marketing is always a huge thing, but, uh, at the same time, uh, I think what, what also is happening is that finally we see that, uh, be- before people tried to, uh, stick everything in, into one plugin, I say all, yeah. all in one thing, now we're seeing that, uh, plugins that succeed, uh, solve one thing, but solve it really good. And and this is probably the key to success because uh, it, it's, a, it's not a bad thing to have plenty of plugins installed on your WordPress site, uh, despite what a, anyone is telling. Even those pro- plugins are developed properly. So there is no footprint on performance or anything. So just make sure to have a quality product. Installed on your WordPress site that solves your problems, and uh, this is uh, this is what the uh, plugin and
0: also seam developers should keep in mind. I think it's really hard to to be the the company that rises to the top. So the you know the build it and they will come days probably in the two thousand and tens two thousand and elevens up to I don't know 2016, 17, something like that. Launch a plugin. And people will migrate and flock to it. I, I feel that moment may have passed now because, as, as is in your infographic, with 60,000 plugins, if you're developing, oh, let's pick something out of thin air, if you're developing a calendar uh, booking plugin or something like that, it's fairly safe to say that there's probably half a dozen, maybe even a dozen competitors already. Whereas back in the early 2000s and, you know, 2010, what have you you could probably pick something fairly innovative and be more or less guaranteed that you were going to be the only person, where now I think that's more of a struggle. So I think that feeds into the bit that I was saying about marketing it, is that you you are going to have to figure out what your competition are doing and figure out how they're positioning it and what their website looks like and how they're speaking to their clients and and so on. So yeah, the competition seems to be heating up. That's That's definitely
1: looking on, competitors or potential competitors. That's part of, uh, of product development uh, research phase. You have to know what's good, what's bad about existing solutions. And uh, your goal is basically to come with uh, a solution yourself that uh, addresses these things. This is probably one of the keys to success. And of course, then communicate uh, with the community why your solution is, uh, I wouldn't call it better, but different from the existing ones. So, and then it comes down if there is an audience and that's something you should also answer during the research phase. If there is an audience that uh, requires that specific uh, feature or case to be solved, then it's all good and you will definitely find your market.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just a question of launching it, doing your research beforehand and hoping that things come out the you know that the the audience do discover you. Obviously there are things like blogs to be um partnered with and podcasts to come on and videos to be made and all of that kind of stuff, but I still feel that it's a really healthy place to be even though it may be more difficult than ever, and I also feel that the pricing is becoming more realistic over the over the last several years. We've heard people talking repeatedly about, you know, don't don't assume that nobody's going to be willing to pay more than forty nine dollars a year or a hundred dollars a year or whatever. I feel that that is becoming more typical, higher pricing. So obviously, you can get away with having less customers if that's the case. I was reading an article in, I can't actually remember where it was, it may well have been, it was in the Post Status um, blog, I think it was, and it was um, Marika van der Akt, who was until recently the um, the CEO of Yoast, and she's now moved away and there, her and her husband Yoast from Yoast uh, have set up a, a venture capital fund called um, uh, Emilia and she made the point that she feels that the WordPress community is kind of splitting itself in two a little bit. On the one hand, there's the, the people who view the project not as a money-making enterprise. They're viewing it as a community thing. You know, They want to contribute to the, the core of the product. They want to attend WordPress events just to be with other like-minded people. And then over the last period of time, let's say decade or more, businesses have stepped in and and commoditized everything and she feels that the community is sort of being ripped into two halves and that that they're becoming further and further apart and finding it more and more difficult to talk to each other um and i wondered if you had any thoughts on that really whether or not you've noticed that sort of same trend have you been attending wordpress events and thinking boy everybody here is trying to sell me something as opposed to oh everybody's here is trying to just talk about wordpress which is nice um Yes, of course. And uh I I totally
1: agree, I, That there there are people that create products uh, just to make money. And uh, that's that's the wrong approach. And you when when people approach you with that, uh you you can smell it. Yeah. I think the best products that uh, that uh, came to WordPress and in general, they were about solving issues. Solving issues for uh, for good, uh, just uh, the, just the, the products that were just developed for the community uh, to feel good, to to be useful, and uh, this is how you get to masses. This is how your product becomes popular. You can't really think from day one, uh, okay, I'm going to make money. If your product is great, if it's made for people, if it satisfies everyone, and you're not that pushy, uh, not just uh, you know walking around and selling it, then uh, success will be there. And I know yeah. that uh, for WP Bakery, for example, it wasn't about the uh, money; it was about solving specific issue when people wanted to create more advanced layouts. They they were struggling with writing shortcodes. So there, there we had that interface, uh, visual interface to make that happen. It was not about from uh, day one just to make money, make money. It was a product that was actually made to complement uh, our own WordPress themes. So a bit different
0: approach. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So um, I, again, I'm, I'm going to keep that thread going a little bit. I, I'm looking at your infographic once more. And I'm seeing that of the 60,000... So I don't know exactly when that infographic was created, whether or not it's... um, I mean, it's one of your most recent blog posts, so I'm guessing it was reasonably recent. 60,000 plugins are available on WordPress.org, or more than 60,000. I don't know what the exact number is. It probably rises inexorably. But 39 of them um, are really incredibly successful. 39 of those plugins have over a million active installs, (laughs) which... That's actually mind-numbing, isn't it, when you actually think about it. 39 products have got a million active installs. So that's from the repo. So that's the free version. But you also draw the the, the conclusion that 95% of those plugins offer some sort of agency-grade uh, license. So in other words, there's the free version on WordPress.org and there's the paid version. I, I had no intuition that it was as big as that. I, honestly, if you'd asked me, I'd have said it was more like 50-50. So that's quite surprising to me that almost every plugin has a vehicle to make money off the back of it. That's somewhat surprising. Uh, yes, uh, to totally agree.
1: When I was working on that infographic, of course, some data came in and that was surprised, like, oh, okay. Well, didn't know that, but, uh, on the other, other hand, like how, how plugins uh, are getting popular. So you have to please uh, WordPress developers, agencies, people that are creating uh, websites or solutions for for others. Uh, so once the agency starts to work with your product, they, of course, deliver it to the clients, and these can be non-technical people, but uh, then later on, they decided that they need another website. So they are familiar with your product, so they will choose your product they will maybe if they are working with uh, some new agency, they will tell you uh, tell that agency that hey, we want that product and this is how you grow your business, your, your plugin business or theme business so of course uh, as a as a WordPress product developer, you have to think how to make sure that uh, that your product is a good fit for agencies and developers.
0: Yeah, I guess the adage here is that a rising tide carries all boats with it, you know. So if, if WordPress is if WordPress's user base continues to rise, then it's okay for the number of plugins in the marketplace to to go up and all of that. However, I wonder in the more recent past, we stagnation is really the wrong word, but we we seem to have seen a A sort of, um, a turnaround a little bit. So rather than that number continually going up into the mid 40s and approaching 50% of the CMS marketplace, we seem to see it stalling and perhaps going down one or two percentage points. So maybe there's, maybe there's a little trouble, uh, ahead. I don't know if you've got any intuitions on that, whether you believe that WordPress will continue to, to gain traction in the market or whether or not maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, it's heyday has gone. It is, it is, as you said, it, it is still growing, but uh, also
1: you mentioned that it is slowing down a bit. And if um, recently I was I was talking at, uh, at the WordPress meetup uh, Lithu- in Lithuania, and I had the data that uh, if you compare f- uh, growth for the last uh, three years, WordPress has grew something around fifteen uh, percent. Wow. While, for example, uh, big Bix, Squarespace, uh, Weebly, Shopify, their growth rate is around uh, 50 percent, 75 percent. Wow, and uh, of course, they are like far behind, but but still, what 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 will happen next? They can get closer, and this is uh, this is the question of how uh, how ready we are, what do we do about uh, making wordpress uh, accessible and available to to more people because uh, there was this Forbes uh, review which is uh, of course out of of the community scope where where we as wordpress users please wordpress so it was independent and they were telling that uh, Hey, WordPress is really great. It's, uh, it's, uh, the flexibility is there and you can create anything. But, uh, at the same article, they were mentioning that if you want to create something more advanced or maybe a bit out of the box, then you need to know how to code. Then you need to, to be technical. And, uh, if we look on, on, on a regular WordPress site, there are 25 uh, different, uh, plugins on average uh, plus minus um so in many cases that's uh, 25 different user interfaces and user yeah. experience so, yeah uh, for an average person who is non-technical and who are those people that are deciding either they should go to wordpress or maybe stick with wix that's uh, that's a deal breaker often so we need to basically address those things. Not only WordPress core. So guys are working on the new admin panel, which is uh, something I'm really waiting for. It for. looks
0: great. <laughs> Just there are bits of it which I can't see working in the implementation that I've seen in the screenshots. But boy, do we need that? <laughs> we need some refresh there. Don't we? we need a. Del- the last update of uh, like a major update in admin
1: panel was actually almost uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. The, the day well, the day yeah. I
0: joined WordPress. So yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the difference I haven't seen really much yeah, of it, a difference in the entirety of the time I've used WordPress. I think the only modification has been the a sort of a modification from a dark blue to a sort of paler blue in uh, in in active states on links. That's about <laughs> the only thing I can point to. Everything else is about the same. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted Karen. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
1: I, I would say there is also this, uh, top navigation bar that's, that's also that was added later on, but the, the version 3.0 was right. when, yeah. when the last major update yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really waiting for that. And that should help. And if, uh, product uh, people stick more to consistency, uh, when it comes to user interface, uh, talk about not only talk but uh, but work uh, with accessibility
0: this should improve i think this is such an important discussion because if we want wordpress to maintain okay let, let's even imagine that we don't want it to grow we just want it to stay where it is let's in the in the low 40% of the the cms market i feel a the onboarding uh, of WordPress needs to be, for the for a typical non-developer user, it needs to be really straightforward. And so obviously things like IndieStack are taking that on. You know, you, you come over here and you click some buttons in a nice UI and there's your WordPress website. But then that piece of the puzzle seems to be being solved by the market. But now when we get into the WordPress admin, as you said, it is looking tired compared to commercial rivals, Wix, squarespace and all of that who have really really beautiful uis and they're in charge of all of that so they can update it on an annual weekly whatever basis but then like you said you know it's really confusing when you go in and your form plugin hijacks the the entire interface and it's got a different set of fonts the buttons all look different and you're thinking what have i bought here what is this is this still wordpress or is this something else And then you go to your, I don't know, whatever plugin you've got for whatever task, and it looks different. So I think the endeavours to update the admin UI so that it looks modern and it it competes visually from a UI UX perspective with the commercial rivals, that's really important. But I, I really think that it's incumbent upon all the developers of plugins to try and come to some consensus about the way... Things are going to look. I don't know if you saw recently. I'm back to Yoast again. They they released their sort of UI kit because they were they were so 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 fed up. I guess is the right word. They were so fed up with the the limitations that they had within WordPress. They wanted something more modern, so they released that and open sourced it. Whether or not that will get taken on, we'll have to see. But the idea that uh, a non technical end user would come in and not be confused by WordPress is just unrealistic. I wonder how many people have walked away from WordPress within minutes just going, I just hate the way this looks. I don't know what I'm doing. It's all very confusing. Uh, yes. And,
1: and, and, uh, I, I totally agree with that. It, it can be confusing and it all comes down to shoulders of, uh, product people and community, of course, and also core, um, uh, core developers, so Core developers basically can give a bit, a bit more instruments, a bit more uh, like UI components that can be used uh, by by product people yeah. to create the, their own uh, user interface. Because why people choose to create their own user interface uh, because of lack of uh, right. those default components. Right. Uh, on the community side it's all uh, about creating content that's uh, that educate uh, people and of course doing some extra steps so sometimes you know as as simple as uh, helping your clients assign uh domains to 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 their hosting services so simple thing but for for an average person that's uh, that could be a nightmare
0: yeah. Yeah, it just it, I think this is the problem of our time actually in the WordPress community. I think this is the piece which needs to be tackled. Yeah, there's a there's a few others that which you could throw in the mix, you know. There's all sorts of projects which need addressing, but this one does feel like a really important one if we want the community to grow. Um so dear listener, a question for you. If I was to ask you how many plugins as a percentage come From the United States. I wonder what your answer would be. I would have gone for something like 30%, something like that. Uh, Right, as your investigation leads us, this is phenomenal. 60% of plugins uh, herald from the US. I honestly would have thought places like India would have been capturing giant chunks of that. Because I I see plugins coming at such an incredible pace from places like India and what have you. Um, I'm surprised by that, and I wonder if that's in decline. I wonder if we were to go back a few years, if seventy percent would have been the case, and and it's going to dwindle over time. Um, I was surprised by that by that number as well. So,
1: uh, I guess that's uh, we we don't have that historic data. Well, I don't have that historic data, but I guess that the percentage was higher uh, since since WordPress uh, initially came from from the United States let me put that way but uh of course there are new products that uh, come from Europe from from Asia uh, all around the world so this this percentage of uh, market dominating by uh, by the US companies will change at the same time we see plenty of acquisitions yeah. happening in yeah. WordPress and, uh, uh, usually that's bigger player taking, uh, under, under their wings, some, uh, new exciting, uh, products. I don't have data, but uh, I guess that the majority of those so large companies still come from the U.S. So that's, that's also how, uh, how this percentage gets determined.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I, I would imagine if we were to revisit this conversation in five years, the well, f- hopefully the number of plugins will have gone up and the community will have grown. But also, I imagine that number from the US will have gone down, and we'll be we'll be looking at different countries taking taking a more pivotal role. Some other data which I'll just throw at you because it's really interesting from this, and then we'll get some less satisfactory data which is buried at the end of the infographic. Uh, roughly fifty percent of uh, co- uh, plugins that have an upsell use woo or edd uh, in order to get their plugin into your hands that comes as no surprise I, I wonder what the other 50% are using they're probably rolling it in their own way using something like freemius or i don't know <laughs> paypal or paddle or something like that 0.61% of users leave a review on wordpress.org <laughs> oh boy you go to all this effort to uh, to promote your channel on wordpress.org and um, less than just over half of 1% will be leaving a review. 58% um, offer 14 or 30-day refund policies. That's quite nice. 26% do not offer any refund option at all. That's kind of interesting and a bit strange. Um, Sixty. Oh, Lord, this I don't like this statistic. Only 60% of plugins, uh, 60% keep their plugins updated. That is astonishing, so there's forty percent out there which are not getting updated either because they've stopped in development and they're no longer being used or they just released it and kind of walked away from it. That's alarming I'm going to pass that one over to you
1: um, yeah, so there's two two sides of of a coin of course if uh, for, for maintaining uh, your WordPress plugin, you need to have resources and if your product is not uh, that popular. If it serves like a really small niche, at some point you, you either sell it or, uh, you just uh, can't really maintain it from the business pers- perspective. So that's, that's worrying, but this is, uh, this is how, how life goes. So what can be done there, uh, is maybe opening that a bit more to the community. So. I guess there there are people uh in the community that would love to contribute to some specific plugin uh, maybe because they are using it or they they like the idea and so on so this is how we can make sure that uh, really good niche plugins don't uh, die yeah.
0: at, at the end of the day yeah it's 60% though I, I'm I'm surprised uh it's as it's as low as that I would have thought the updating would have been much more regular i suppose that's a bit of caveat emptor you know buyer beware when you're when you're buying plugins it's up to you to do your due diligence and check out what the history is and what that company is about and how long they've been doing things and check the change log and all of those kind of things to see how updated they are but you're right you know what's the point in banging your head against uh, a plugin that's only got a handful of installs and you simply cannot keep it going that's part of the uh that's part of the the nature of the beast. If we were in the SaaS landscape, that would simply stop working, and you wouldn't have access to it. At least in the WordPress space, you could fork it, I suppose, if you wanted, and, and keep it updated yourself if it's pivotal pivotal to your business. One last statistic just before we knock it on the head, and this is oh, this is so. Depressing for want of a better word. Um, 90% of plugins do not ac- pass accessibility tests. Accessibility seems like the, um, the, the conversation of the moment. It feels like three years ago, we were all talking about core web vitals and before that, other things. But now it seems that accessibility has taken the helm. Um, I'm hoping that this statistic comes down because this is such an important topic. I think there is no other way
1: because uh, from the uh, from the government perspective, we right. we have uh, new rules introduced uh, from time to time that pushes actually people to address accessibility issues, and uh, also oh. I I was thinking uh, about accessibility wrong for a very long time because uh, to me accessibility issues were uh, related to people with uh, let's say, some really huge disabilities. But uh, recent data shows that uh, 30% of people over 50 in the US experience some sort of uh, disability, which may restrict them from using uh, some products that are not really addressing accessibility issues. And uh, these are huge numbers. And everyone who is uh, younger, let's say, uh, and using WordPress, after like, I don't know, 30, 20, uh, 10 years, you will get to the point where you have those 30% chance to also have accessibility issues. So that's basically, when you think about accessibility, you think about solving problems, not only for others, but also solving uh, problems for yourself in the future.
0: Yeah, we've t- touched on this topic on so many occasions on the podcast. We've had all sorts of people coming on talking about how to make your your website accessible. But I don't think we've ever really covered off the how to make your plugin accessible. So that in itself is quite an interesting subject. But I do feel, like you alluded to there, I feel the law is going to be the driving force here. Because certainly in, um, in the UK and in Europe and North America, I can't really speak for other parts of the world. I just don't know. The, the, the law is going to at some point firm up to the point where you really won't be able to get away with this. If you endeavor to have a product online, you might even find yourself at the end of a lawsuit if you don't do this. So I, I'm encouraged that that statistic is not a hundred percent, but, um, let's hope that if you produce this infographic again at some point in the near future, it will start to drive down and be, uh, yeah, even if that's driven by a, ca- uh, a stick and not a carrot, if the law is the the thing that forces you to do it. But nevertheless, that's still, at this point, a fairly disheartening statistic. I think we've gone through the infographic. So, Rightus, we've got to about 50 minutes, roughly. <laughs> wow. Uh, where does the time go when we record these episodes? I have no idea. Um, Rightus, where would we find you? We've heard about IndyStat. We've heard about WP Bakery and Visual Composer and obviously WP Raccoon. You mentioned that you're on all the socials. If we're keen to chat to you, what's what's the best way? Is it good old email or is it Twitter or whatever it's called nowadays? Um, yeah, well,
1: I would say if if you want to reach out first, you can knock on any doors of IndieStack, Visual Composer and WP Baker. If you have some general questions, you can ask right away uh, through the channels available there or just... Uh, specifically mentioned hey I want to talk to writers uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> I will be there uh, also of course uh, WP raccoon community on, on Facebook yes. uh, this, this this is probably where you can reach out uh, easily uh, I I have a Facebook tab uh, opened throughout the day and uh, one of the first things I do in the morning I uh, checking out what's what's happening that's my sometimes source of news. And uh, also making sure that, okay, planning out my day and seeing whom I should talk to and so on.
0: I have no idea how you get anything done with Facebook. Home. That is literally, that's, that's the, <laughs> for me, that's absolutely going to destroy my day. So bravo for you for being able to be so self-disciplined. That's amazing. That is, by the way, uh, it's a URL, which is easy to remember. If you want to join the WP raccoon, it's facebook.com forward slash groups, plural, uh, forward slash WP Raccoon with one C and two O's. So go and join them there or go to any of the other places where you can find Ritus. Ritus Chevalis, thank you so much for chatting to me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nathan. It was a pleasure as always. You're very, very kind. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Very nice chatting to Ritus. What a wide ranging discussion that was. If you have any commentary about that, please feel free to head over to WPBuilds.com, search for episode number 362, and leave us a comment there. It seems so, so worthwhile to use the WordPress commenting system rather than posting it all over on social media. So I would implore you, do that. 362 is the episode. Go search for that at WPBuilds.com. The WP Builds Podcast is brought to you today... By GoDaddy Pro, GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain SSL and twenty-four-seven support. Bundle that with the Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get thirty percent off new purchases. You can find out more at go.me forward slash Once more, go.me forward slash wp And sincere thanks go to GoDaddy Pro. For their continuing support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, that's all I've got for you today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Don't forget, head over to our schedule page, wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule, if you want to find out what's going on with WP Builds this week. If you want to advertise on WP Builds, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. That is all that I've got for you this week. We'll see you at some point, hopefully during the course of the next seven days. If not, no worries, but stay safe. Have a good week. Bye-bye for now.